0: Hey, Bobby here. Welcome to Quotaless, where software sales leaders and professionals share ideas to help you master your mind, your business, and your time. Remember, when we embrace practice, develop awareness, and align our efforts, we can rise above the deal. We can live Quotaless. Hey, everyone. My name is Bobby Dicer, and this is Quotaless. Uh, I think a a uh, um a mainstay is brewing here. I'm gonna start uh, start today's episode like I started last week with Brandon um with one question trivia for our guest, Ali Rosakos. Um Ali, before I give your introduction, um can you verify? I think you grew up in Toronto. Is that fair? Yeah.
1: Okay? Yep. Yeah. Okay. When I was young and when I was an adult, yes.
0: Yeah. All right, all right. Well, um, my question is: Which Toronto-raised celebrity said the following (laughs) quote? "So many of us choose our path out of fear, disguised as practicality. What we really want seems impossibly out of reach, so we never dare to ask the universe for it. I'm the proof that you can ask the universe for it."
1: Oh, you're gonna make me cry! (laughs)
0: You
1: picked this quote because I've used this quote before no i didn't know oh that. my god but i was gonna okay. give
0: you multiple choice but it sounds like you no know. you
1: don't need to give me multiple. no because I've, I've used that whole quotes from this speech many times because it's probably one of the most impactful speeches in, in my recent history but it's jim carrey
0: oh, that's right that's yeah. right oh, even more impressive <laughs> um yes jim carrey delivered a thoughtful convincing commencement street, uh man, commencement address <laughs> at I was Maharishi University of yeah. Management May of 2014. So yeah. That's where that was from.
1: Yeah. So Bravo. Yeah. The quote that I the quote, well, I think in that one too, maybe he talks about like I wish everyone could be famous and have all the money in the world to realize that that has nothing. Like that's never the thing, you know, that's gonna make you happy. The other one that I use a lot from that speech is um the thing about his dad. Whereas, it's like his dad could have been like, it was a hilarious man and like, could have been, you know, wildly successful as a comedian or an actor, but he chose the safe route. You know, he chose to be an accountant and chose responsibility and got fired. And it's like, you, you might as well try to do the thing you love. Cause you could still fail at the thing that you hate.
0: Oh, man. I think we get in the podcast right here. I know <laughs> this is just too serendipitous, too beautiful of a moment. Yeah. Well done. You clearly know that speech and you know your oh. Toronto celebrities
1: Yes, even more important. it makes me um, proud. It makes me proud.
0: I, I guess I should do a proper intro. Um, Ali Rizakos, again, is the founder of Ali Razakos Coaching. She's also coach at the Coaches Training Institute. She's worked with clients from HubSpot, Gardner, Ernst & Young, TopTool Calm, and a little company called Salesforce. She also spent a decade or over a dec- decade, I should say, in software sales, including seven and a half at that tiny company called Salesforce. Ali, welcome to quotalis
1: Thank you, thank is you. Is there asking. any
0: other background information or qualifications you want to give for <laughs> our discussion around imposter syndrome today?
1: Well, yeah, I guess just just that really, which is you know my I I focus on imposter syndrome, so I'm an imposter syndrome coach um, because I don't have a fancy name for my business yet. I just call it Ali Rosacos Coaching, but but my title really is imposter syndrome coach.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Well, I guess it's only fitting that we start there. I, I I must be honest. I don't really know anything about imposter syndrome. I, imposter syndrome, obviously working, you know, to help um, sales professionals build confidence, you know, to manage the stress and, and challenges of a sales life, you know, to, to sort of take back their time. Um, I think we are, are sort of, imposter syndrome adjacent but mm-hmm. um, I, I thought a good way to start is just sharing my my recent version of what i think is imposter syndrome and i only think it's that because that's what my wife told me it is
1: yeah that's usually what i hear my wife said <laughs> yeah.
0: so uh this was back in november of last year um i'm gearing up for uh, a presentation for a good friend actually at um he's a sales leader at um, I guess I can share this. <clears throat> it's a company called revenue.io. Mm-hmm. And he had asked me to do a presentation on mindfulness for mm-hmm. his sales kickoff, uh in particular mindfulness within the sales space and and uh and okay. again he wedged me on day 2 of a 3-day SKO right in between OKRs. So
1: <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, the the most fun part. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Uh
0: it actually ended up playing really well, but yeah. the night before, I'm just I'm just like having a meltdown and uh the reason is is part of me knows that the 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 process at hand or, or the task at hand here is to present these you know the, the this passionate uh, perspective around mindfulness around intention around awareness and and sort of caring for the self and that's what i was asked to do but mm-hmm what i really wanted to do what felt safe was i wanted to talk about sales strategy
1: oh um, yeah you know,
0: i wanted to talk about target yeah. accounts and good qualification yeah. skills and these things that i've you know i've practiced for 15 years sure whereas you know some of these other things in the wrong audience i think maybe are taboo or they yeah. they're just deeply personal to me and and maybe i wasn't in a position to share those yet and mm. um it got so bad that i you know I told my wife and I was like, I, I don't even know if I could go on tomorrow. Like I, I got to call Ryan. I, I I just don't know what's up. Babe. Mm-hmm. And she, she actually sent me this, this uh, little clip from it, from her Instagram. It's, I think it's a, uh, it's a Korean woman that is an author and runs something to do with food. I can't remember, but it was, it, it, I think I actually teared up right there. She, she sent me this, this little two minute clip or her story. And, um, and it talked about imposter syndrome and talked about feeling like you're a fraud, feeling like you are not worthy of presenting um, your perspective.
1: Yeah. You're not enough.
0: Yeah. And, uh, it, it helped me in that moment. Um, what, what it actually did was I just said, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm gonna own this stuff for the next two hours and make sure I know it like the back of my hands. Right, so, right. Even If it comes off wrong, it's gonna come off polished. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh sure. and that's how it happened, it ended up going. lipstick on a pig. Long. Yeah. But, but but just curious, is is that is that imposter syndrome in, in some way, shape, or form?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think you know, there's like the technical definition of it, which is um incessant thoughts that persist despite like sorry incessant thoughts thoughts of inadequacy that persists despite uh evidence of success right mm-hmm. and so it's like the technical definition but i i do uh i do a workshop every month and i started to do it a little bit differently recently and i kind of do a little bit of a game in the beginning and I have 10 statements and it's like raise your hand if you've ever felt this and they're basically 10 statements of the effects that imposter syndrome can have right and they're things that I don't think that people even really think about necessarily so one so I did Scott Lisa's tequila Tuesdays this is where I started it and it was really fun it worked so I keep doing it now but uh so one that like really resonated um was that you can't go on vacation without like checking your emails and stressing out and thinking something's going to fall apart or thinking people are going to need you. And you spend the whole time kind of stressed and worried or, or working and you come back from vacation and you are just as tired as you were when you left. Right. Mm. And that doesn't sound like, you know, I was like, what do you mean? how is that imposter syndrome But it's like, but it is because at the root of it is what we just talked about, which is this sense of worthiness mm. and this sense of not enough, mm. right? And, and even deeper than that, it actually comes down to a sense of belonging, right? Because if you feel like an imposter in your, where you are, you're, what you're feeling is that you don't belong, that you're different, that you're not good enough, you're not worthy to be there, right? So it's, it's all actually tied up in, in belonging which is like a deeply rooted primal need that we all have.
0: Mm, belonging. Yeah. What what a good word for it. Yeah. And you know, for, for what it's worth, I think that belonging is what sort of mm, mitigated those, those fears and, and those anxieties from the night before. Right. Is when I got in that environment. Right. Surprisingly. So the 35 salespeople, CS people we're just like, man, me too. (laughs) You know, like, like, I definitely want to take an hour or two, you know, to figure out how um, I can take care of myself better, how I can be mindful about the work I do about the value of that work, about how I can take a more intentional approach. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah no one was like, boo, loser. Like, why are you talking about this? <laughs> Everyone was like, thank God.
0: No. Yeah. 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 And, and, and that's, that's part of the reason for, for the, 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 I think the catalyst for the rebrand was that was like my first version of acceptance of like, cause, cause to be totally honest and, and I don't want to go down this hole, but, but for the last year and a half, I've sort of been living this double life of like, mm-hmm. on one hand, I'm this author you know, that, that wrote a book on intention that, um, you know, that journals every day, that meditates every day, that cares a lot about rewiring my brain and others brains to sort of lead with love as opposed to judgment or fear. Mm. And then there's this other side that's just like coin operated (laughs) and that, you know, the deal isn't closed until it's signed and we mm-hmm. need to, you know we, we need to go hard or go home right
1: yeah, yeah <laughs> totally yeah yeah Play hard or yeah
0: yeah it wasn't until that environment that I was like you know what actually I'm a great messenger for oh off. perfect messenger <laughs> yeah yeah because there's other people that need it
1: and you know um i often talk about this about cuz a lot of times you know what it's about what you're really talking about is like you were afraid to share your deeply personal point of view for fear that it wasn't going to resonate and people were going to laugh at you and think you're weird and stupid. Right. And, and yet here's here, but you're in a group of really like your peers, right. You come from the sales world. Like these are, you know, these are your peers, your colleagues, your friends. And even though you might not know them, they really are. Right. And, um and that's why you're the perfect messenger because you are them. Right. And I remember you know, there's so much fear in the world about having a point of view and sharing that publicly. Right. Because you cancel, what are all these imposter syndrome, cancel culture, all these things. But I remember distinctly um, I was listening to an Oprah podcast um, and it was RuPaul and I'm not like a huge RuPaul person, like never really kind of got into it. Like no, for no reason really. But anyways, it just started playing and I kept listening and it's one of the ones that has stuck with me forever, even though I've like never really been a RuPaul person. And because he said that he was like, you know, Oprah's saying, you know, all the things you say are so impactful. And he's like, listen, I am just like recycling stuff that I've heard. Like none of this is unique. None of this is like my own, you know, this is like, yeah, my own experience, but it's really like from all the stuff that I've heard and experienced in my life, like none of this is new or unique. And he said, but the important thing is that, because I am saying it, me, it will resonate with a certain audience. And that's the most important piece, right? Mm. It's because now you are like, what you're saying is also, you know, people talk about people talk about mindfulness and intention and journal, you know, people are like yeah. you, yeah. but because it's you that has the sales background and speaking in front of the sale, like that is going to resonate with that audience, you know, and mm. that's the important piece to remember because it doesn't have to resonate with the whole world. It never will.
0: Can't relearn that point enough, I don't think
1: uh, every day, yeah because if you post on LinkedIn, you got to remember it every day, <laughs> you know
0: that's right. that's right well i, I I'm excited um, that that the folks that are are the intended listeners of the show should be high high achieving tech leaders, which I know is is sort of your focus
1: yeah,
0: as a coach. so this gives us a unique opportunity to. Sort of unpack what you're seeing um, amongst that leaders. Like, I, I guess I share that story not not only to sort of get your take and your perspective, but also just an invitation to the listener that, you know, this has happened to to me, a person who's succeeded in in the software sales space for a long time. I'm sure mm-hmm. Allie has had had her bouts as well. Awesome. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think it, let, let let's open the space for some of the other things that you're seeing in this this interesting group of high performers in a very high performing industry yeah. that is software.
1: Totally. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think the biggest thing, you know, you, you would like, like RuPaul says, is like you, the people that like your audience is going to look like you, right. It's going to, so people that are like me are attracted to me and who I am is a hyperachiever, which is why I fit I fit in really well into the sales world yeah. where it's very performance based and very dangle the carrot of achievement, right? And so I work with a lot of um, high achievers um, in in the sense of kind of performance, but also in the sense of what I call in coaching um, our saboteurs, which is like our self-sabotaging behaviors because hyperachievement, although is rewarded, in our external simulation that we're in, (laughs) whatever you want to call it, um, it is, it is actually a form of self-sabotage. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so, you know, I will, it, unless we heal that I will be in business forever (laughs) because, because who keeps showing up is, is people that are like, you know, I've Uh, I've been to club, like I hit it the first time and then I did it again and now it's the fourth time and it's like, I'm still here and still unhappy, you know? Like, is that how
0: it's usually showing up? Cause again, that, that's what I think is interesting. And I I was talking to, who was I talking about this? I don't know. But the other day I was talking about, you know, software sales in general is so Interesting for unhappiness. Oh, because if anyone should be happy, it should be successful <laughs> software sales leaders, right? Like yeah. you have potential to have sort of unlimited flexibility, particularly with the tools available today. You right. should be a high earner. And I'm sure some of the folks that you talk to are Absolutely. very high earners. So is it though that, that what's showing up for you and the people you work with, is it sort of this just blank slate of like, I feel like I should have everything, but but I just don't feel good. Uh,
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of my clients today, you know, took a job that's going to pay him say 750 K a year. And he's like, you know, but yeah, whatever. Like, and like, it's, it's not that he's not grateful and it's not that, you know, but it's like, to what end? Right. Mm -hmm. To what end? Because if that, if the, if it's, if we're focused on the external and, you know, we said this in the beginning with the Jim Carrey quote, right? Like, cause it, when we focus on the external, which is the, the money and the stuff and the, you know, it, you never, you're, ne- I say this every day. Like, you're never going to be on your deathbed being like, remember that time I hit quota. Remember that time I made 750 mm-hmm. K that one year, like you're, ne- it's never going to happen you're never going to be on your deathbed being like you know my life is different because i hit quota that one month. <laughs> and so if we fill our days doing that what will happen is you then become the person that gets interviewed for under your deathbed being like what did you regret in your life? <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. It plays it plays out as uh, as it should. Yeah. Right okay so it's not you you mentioned something interesting too that it's not that they're not grateful so I'm I imagine there's a little tension too when when people come to you and say I feel like I should feel really good but I don't
1: yeah that's the thing it's like I I thought I I thought this would make me happy and I thought I should feel happy and I thought I should feel fulfilled but it's not the case right and so that's kind of like that tipping point of when people that you know I guess when, what I've put out there for people to come to me, because my, my belief is that, well, one, it will never make you happy. The, 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 uh, you know, paradigm of more that we live in, right. More everything is, is just a fool's errand, right. Like there will never be enough. And that's the lie that our brains tell us is that the next thing or, you know, more will help and more and more. And it's, not true you know like if you know more money and more f- people liking you and more fame did actually fulfill you well then robin Williams wouldn't have killed himself you know like and and all the other countless people in that boat right like it's just obviously not the actual thing that fulfilled this now so what does right so this is the work that I do because I my greatest gift that I could give the world is to help start healing people from the trap of achievement. Right. And it's such a trap because it's obvious, it's the programming that we've all been kind of served up in our, in our life. It's rewarded. You know, you get a trip because you were the best, you get recognition because you were the bet. Right. It's like this reward of validation that we're all looking for. Um, But it's all a survival technique, right? Achievement, makes me feel like I can be lovable. So I have to keep achieving so that I can keep feeling like I'm lovable. Right. And I can keep feeling that if I'm lovable, I will be alive in this world. Right. Like if people can love me, then I'm going to survive this world. Right. And, and that is just obviously fundamentally not true, but fundamentally something we've all been, told to believe. Right. we've all been, you know,
0: All right, it's both, it's, it's not true. And it's conditioned. Like it's, <laughs> it's status quo.
1: Exactly. Right. So, you know, the quest that I'm on in the world is to help people see that, right. That it's a never ending game and it's never going to, it's never going to do the thing that you want it to do. Right. Mm-hmm. The more it tells you to do more, the more you're losing. Like the more you play that game, the more you're losing, because then you're going to get higher and higher and Unhappier and unhappier because it's never ever working, right? So for me, what I what I know to be true, and I mean you you know you've studied this stuff, and you know I'm sure you've gotten into this, which is that like we are here to be of (coughs) service. Excuse me, of service, right? Mm -hmm. That's really where we find purpose and where we find meaning in our lives is when we're like because that's what that's when they did the studies of you know they interviewed the people on their deathbeds and what do they regret? It's the it's the um, acts of kindness that they were too afraid to, you know, the, the failures of courage and the failures of kindness that they and the time that they didn't get to spend because they were preoccupied with some external something or other. Right. Yeah. And so it's it's about people. It's about how you impact people, how you're of service of people and, and the relationship that you have because of that. Right. And so what I help people fundamentally do because imposter syndrome makes you like stuck in that hamster wheel. Right. Of like, I got to do more. I got to prove myself. I'm not, I'm not enough. I don't belong. I need to prove. I need to prove. And the more you prove, the more you're stuck. Right. Because the more you become. So that,
0: an Im- so that The more you prove, the more you stuck.
1: Because the more you actually are an imposter, you know, like the more you're putting on a mask. Right every day to try to fit in to something that may or may not be actually you, you know, Mm -hmm. at least that was kind of my personal experience. Right. Like, yes, I love sales and whatnot, but like, I wasn't, I'm not here to be like a corporate soldier, you know, to like make Mark Benioff some more money. Like (laughs) no offense, (laughs) but like, I love your like cool dream, but it's not my dream, you know? And and so the work that I do is to really help people out of that cycle of more and more and more and achievement and achievement and get really clear about their purpose and their mission, right? Their mission in this life, which is always to be of service to someone, right? And all of our life experiences shape what that service is going to look like because whatever has happened to us is in service of us. And we then give that gift back to the world through service, right? So for me, when I found coaching eight years ago, I was like, holy shit, this is the gift. This is it. This is like, I know I need to be doing this in my life. You know, that's
0: great. That's great. Do, do you mind sharing? So, so it sounds like part of the solution to this is, is service, which which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to one last time sort of ask if you mind pulling back the curtain a little bit on what the process is to sort mm. of figure out what's the root of this um yeah with with your clients and and how it shows up again in unique ways because maybe yeah. folks you know listening aren't you know they don't have that moment that I had where they are going in to talk about my illness and it's yeah, yeah. weird <laughs> compared to talking about sales, right? Maybe yeah. maybe it's not, you know, maybe they take vacations fine. Right. yeah yeah work. yeah is there other ways it shows up and then be yeah. like w- what are some of the work to get down to the root' um mm-hmm. sort of the unique problem for yeah uh, for great some of the clients
1: yeah great questions so it also shows up in in overworking right so if you're in that cycle of trying to prove you're gonna say yes to whatever is being asked of you because it's an opportunity to prove that you can do something right mm-hmm. so that's you know like that's your, um, you're violating kind of your own boundaries, right? By always saying yes, you're constantly working. You're so, and when you're in that cycle of trying to prove, and so you're saying yes and you're constantly working, what tends to then happen is you deprioritize many things in your life. And the first one is yourself. Right? So Inevitably, inevitably, it there gets to a point in, in my coaching with clients where health is talked about. Because almost always, not always, but almost always, health gets the backseat and gets the boot, right? Mm. And what people fail to recognize when they're stuck in that, it's a vortex, man. Like it sucks you in that achievement vortex, like you are just in it, right? And you'll, you'll make all these sacrifices and you won't care because, you know, you get a little hit of that achievement drug and you're back. You just want more and more and more, right? But I mean, how many more stories do we need to hear of like super successful CEOs or founders or whatever who have major health issues at some point in their career and then have to literally stop working? Right. Because they literally need like rehab for whatever, you know, whatever it is. Right. And somehow we all think we're superheroes (laughs) and that it's not going to happen to us. Right. And we could just keep going and going and going and going and going. Right. And um, so that's a big one. So the overworking and then deprioritizing yourself and your needs and your health. And like when you, man, everyone wants freedom. Listen, listen closely, everyone. Freedom does not exist if you do not have your health. I don't care how much money you have in the world. Freedom does not exist if you do not have your health. So if you don't prioritize that and make it like an identity for yourself, you're not going to get very far, regardless of how much achievement you have.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you there. And you you just made me think of a conversation I remember I had with a, a young up and coming manager. This is like three years ago. Um, his name was Joe. I'll, I'll save his last name. Um, a- awesome guy. And, and he's since, he's since changed his tune a little bit, but, um, he, he would look at, I remember kind of telling him, Hey man, just like, you're so great. You're yeah. so good at this. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to put in that 14th or 15th hour.
1: Yeah. Like totally. you don't,
0: you don't need it. And he just looked at me like, you're crazy. I'm just a silly hippie that doesn't know anything. You know? Yeah. Yeah even though at the time I was his boss and like he he had a ton of respect for me as a yeah, sales yeah. leader. He yeah. also, I could see it in his eyes. Like you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. More is better. And yeah. I, and and it's working and I'm selling and, you know, and, and again, he, he sort of, I, I could just see it in his eye um, that, and I'm just curious if you run into this sort of, of course, if somebody's like health is like failing,
1: Sure, so they, sure. They get yeah.
0: kind of caught out, but but I think the tough cases are when people are like, "Well, look at my results. it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's working. Like I should be a workaholic because I make a bunch of money, right? Like
1: absolutely. Um, and I think that when they see my content on LinkedIn, they're like, they're random. like, "Screw you, right? For so, sure. So I, I guess I, I want to ask not that for que- everyone.
0: Yeah, I want to ask you that question in two ways. So, so one, like, do do you do you get Folks that are sort of focused on like, and, and, and we kind of joked about it a little bit there, but they're, they're, they're literally just attached so much to so that much strategy attached. that it's, yeah. that it's working that even if they want to get out, they're just sort of scared. It's going to stop working. Yeah. And then B, is there a flip ever where it becomes less of like, well, you're doing this to save, you, you need to back off and change your approach, not to just save yourself, But actually, it's a better way to produce more sustainable, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. dare I say, increased revenue.
1: Of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, well, so I would say I don't typically talk to people that are so firmly in that camp because I don't think that they would show up to want to talk to me, to be honest. right? You're right. Fair enough. Like I, so, you know, in my, in my world that I've made up, like that doesn't exist, but I also don't obviously talk to everyone. And I know for sure that there are people that are out there like that. And so it's, it's not that the strategy doesn't work. Surely, obviously you have monetary success. Okay. But let's look at some of the other areas of your life. Right. Right like you know there's like the the wheel of life and one one of the it like eight pieces is career right but let's check on check in on the other seven where are they at right because if they're all at like a two or a three i mean bravo in that one area but like it, are you fulfilled right full in that, that that the word has full in it right mm-hmm. yeah you may be full in one area but you're leaving everything else to burn you
0: know mm-hmm. So people, and so that makes sense. So people are usually coming to you and, and they're leaking oil somewhere in particular. It's, it's health. It's maybe relationships. It's maybe, oh, yeah. Yeah. um you know, just time flexibility.
1: And it's, and it's usually like, I, I know this isn't the way, but I have no idea what the way is. That's usually what it is. It's like, they've, they've kind of come to that point where they're like, yeah, I'm I'm kind I'm kind of starting to recognize that my strategy is not working, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel the lack of meaning in what I do because I work for whatever you know fill in the blank tech job, you know. Not that like listen tech's cool and everything, but like not all of it is saving lives and curing cancer, right? Like it's hard to sometimes find meaning in it. Sorry. Like,
0: it's the fire alarm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Some cooking happening in the background. Um, um So, yeah, so they come and, and they're kind of like, there's gotta be another way, but I have no clue what it is. Totally lost because all I've ever known, all I've ever known is this way. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's showing its warts. It's showing its flaws. Right. So there's like, so there's like a breakdown. Um, And now I forget the other part of the question that you asked because <laughs> of the beeping.
0: <laughs> well, it, it so so it's the other part of the question is you know where, where we start to shift towards um not being sort of taking care of the self out of um, just taking care of the self sake, but mm-hmm. actually flipping that to right. more like oh yeah. actually this is a more strategic route. Yes, towards not just a fulfilling life, but a fulfilling career or a right. successful career.
1: To- mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Yeah often it feels counterintuitive to say hey if you spend less time working and more time on yourself and your needs you will actually perform better in your role that feels counterintuitive because you're like what do you mean more hours more production right, right. but but what i often tell people and this sometimes is a like aha moment right because especially when you're in a salaried role like you know you work for for a company get a salary it by you working more hours you are fundamentally like devaluing your your yourself because you're like dollars per hour is now diminishing, right? Because you're working so many more hours, right? And I get it if you're commissioned. Yeah, you could like make more commission and whatnot. But fundamentally you're saying, oh, well, I'm actually not worth what you're paying me. So I'm going to work more so that I'm working more hours so that you can pay me this smaller amount. You know what I mean? Does that make sense?
0: Of course it does. Yeah, Yeah, no. I mean, I think that's one of those things that I've, I've never really been able to articulate, but I've just noticed about my own progression Mm -hmm. from, you know, individual contributor to leader to consultant is, you you know, you you just, you get more value, you give more value and you make more revenue through sort of smaller acts right? Yeah. or, or more, Less than more, more deliberate acts, right? Like more deliberate acts, I should say. Um, and again, I, I I haven't really ever been able to put my finger on it, but you you notice when you talk to an early stage sales rep, right, or an early stage sales leader, where they're just so in their own mind and in the weeds that that you're like, I promise you, there's like a higher yeah, <laughs> there's a higher way to look at this problem that doesn't yeah. seem so consuming and like the only way to get sort of get to the root of it is by just digging, 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 or, or hammering, hammering, hammering. It's like, yeah. actually, if you just try a wrench, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, so that, that's kind of, you know, exactly what happened to me and to bring all of this kind of to, uh, to a beautiful full circle, which is my kind of original imposter syndrome was when I was at Salesforce, I started as a BDR and so prospecting rep, and then I got promoted to AE. So a sales rep and I was really good PDR, like number one. And then I went to AE and I was bottom of the dashboard, which is like often the case. Right. But here I am, I need achievement to feel lovable. I need achievement for survival. And so I wasn't achieving. So now I'm beating myself up, you know, just, just like you were doing in in before the speech, right. Like before the SKO, like beating myself up, I must not be good at sales. Like the, the, you know, all the, all the things. Right. And it it kept going for months, right? Because clearly what it was doing was also affecting my mindset, right? I was believing that I was never going to be successful and finding evidence every day of that because that was my belief, right? Whatever you believe, the world will show you what you need to see to believe it again, right? And so so what happened to me was I ended up finding a coach kind of serendipitously. I didn't know what coaching could even really do, but I just got connected to a coach um, through a friend and immediately felt so safe. And so um, I, I think safe is probably the best word, not judged too, right? Because when you're feeling like an imposter and not doing well, the last thing you feel comfortable doing is like telling your manager like how shitty you feel. And like, and he's like, yeah, um, but can you close some freaking deals for me here? Right. He's
0: like, yeah, you should feel shitty.
1: Exactly. Or yeah. You like, <laughs> should feel shitty. Right. And, and so I was like, I was just completely helpless. Cause I'm like, I have nowhere to turn. And then this coach showed up in my life and I felt immediately safe and immediately not judged. And I was like a hundred percent, I need to do this. Cause like, I I'm going to go crazy if I don't like, and I'm going to totally screw up this career in this, this job. And so through working on my own stuff, right? Like my own, why I think achievement makes me feel loved and why I think I need it to be loved and all, you know, all my stuff, right? I started to understand myself more, which then made me more confident in who I am, right? When I understand who I am, I can show up as who I am with that kind of confidence, right? And not feel like I need to hide. And I started to look at Um, my job very differently right before where I was just trying to like achieve at all costs work more do more like whatever like I was just totally you know tunnel vision I zoomed out right and I zoomed out and I thought about it you know work smarter not harder type of thing I, I thought about it smarter and I was like at the time I made this one pivotal change that completely changed my whole year, which I went from bottom of the dashboard to the number one rep on the team, by the way, and like hit president's club and the whole thing. Right. So that's where coaching comes in. It can literally change your performance and change how you feel about yourself. But the one thing that I changed other than my mindset and and all that kind of stuff, but tact, tact, like the tactical thing that changed, because this is what your audience is going to want to know, right. Is, um, so I was getting a lot of leads at the time because my territory was, um, Quebec, right. As I'm in Canada. And because our SDRs at the time didn't really speak French, they didn't they couldn't really qualify these leads. So they just kept sending them to me. So I was getting a ton of unqualified leads, whereas the English speaking people on my team were getting pretty qualified leads. Right. Like and less of them. So but here I am. I have to talk to all of them. Right. Like I have to take the first call like I have to do the thing. So my time is being spent on things that I knew were never going to close. But when I was in my kind of, I need to prove, like I need to do more, I would, I would never disqualify. I'm like, okay, perfect. I have someone that wants to talk. This could be a deal. This could be a deal. Right. And I would get all excited and it was never a deal. And then I would feel shitty about myself because it wasn't a deal and I didn't close it and I suck and la right. I was compounding the problem. But then I made this fundamental shift to say, okay, first and foremost, if this is a, Quebec lead, and they don't speak English, which this sounds discriminatory, and I don't mean it in that way. But in my head at the time, it was like, if they don't speak English, how big of a company are they ever going to have? Like, how much money are they ever going to really make if like their market is only French Canada, which is a very you know small market, right? And so I was like, I don't got time for that. Like, I have so many other things, and I have so, I had so many customers too, but I had no time to talk to them because I was talking to people that were never going to buy. They were never going to buy, Right. And so I just like, I was ruthless in my disqualification, ruthless. I was just like, all right, yeah, cool. Send some information, came by, dead, dead, dead. And it freed up all my time to only focus on people that were actually real deals. Before I was working all the deals, all the deals. And I'd get to the end of the month exhausted and I'd close like 50% of my quota. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm ever going to do better when I have no more time. Like I can't, there's no more time that I can work on this like this is it and my manager thankfully at the time was like you got to disqualify that and I was like you are right and that changed my whole year because I only focused on people that were actually like able to even buy Salesforce you know even had the money for Salesforce right and so but that uh, like that through coaching and understanding what I was doing and how it was only compounding how bad it was right like I was taking every deal and thinking I could close this when that's not true, right? It's like so not true, but I was making it true. And then because I didn't close it, now I suck even more, right? And then I'm just like in the whole vortex of it all, right? And when you can start to zoom out and realize that none of those things are true just because you didn't close one lead, not even a deal, a lead has nothing to do with you and your worth, right? When I could decouple myself from that, I could see the forest through the trees again, right? And I could work strategically instead of working on my ego and working on making myself feel better, right?
0: Yeah. No, you you just struck a chord with me. Um, I think about this quite a bit with regards to just, I mean, just the numbers speak for themselves. I think the average, you know, pipeline for a software sales team usually closing one in four deals, maybe one in five, right? 20, mm-hmm. 24%, yep. 20, 25%. And so it's it's just always interesting to think about that, that like 75% of the time, not only are we talking to people that aren't going to buy, but we're internally talking about, talking about those people that aren't going to yeah. buy. We're constantly... <laughs> I mean- worried and just our whole our whole being is sort of filled with these people that are showing they're not going to match up with us with yeah. regards to doing We're this partnership. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it starts at that very begin that very very beginning stage of saying, you know, w- what have the accounts looked like that have said yes to me? Right, yeah. like getting yeah. down to the nitty gritty too of the personnel um, on yeah. both sides, right? It's it's, you you know, if you know yourself, then you can know the reflection that much better of like who's actually going to go play ball with me, right? Yeah. Absent the company, absent, you know, the the sort of challenges and opportunities in the um, that go with the business, and that and we just we just don't do that enough. And, and t- to your point, it sounds like like from a tactical perspective, that was really what you did was you totally. just. Put a fence around what you're going to engage with because you knew that you, you had a strong enough conviction. I should say, yeah, to eliminate that. Um, I don't want to call it waste, but it yeah. is waste. It I sounds know. like waste. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's 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 really great. It's really powerful. Now you're saying you got that confidence through coaching and through sort of knowing yourself, right?
1: Yeah, and 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 really trusting myself more. Right, because when you're in that cycle of I need to prove and I need to achieve, and if I'm not achieving, then I'm a loser and whatever. And and so when you're looking at every lead as if it's like your next opportunity to be loved, right? (laughs) Like when you peel back the layers, and then it doesn't work out, like that that whole thing is what's causing you to stay there right like understand like unwrapping that whole sequence of events through coaching right through understanding like well <clears throat> what is it that's making me feel that way right like you know we you got to get into some of your childhood stuff you know like obviously right this is all coming from our childhood and it comes from the stories that i've i told myself as a child and you know that i'm trying to Learn to not tell myself as an adult, right? So I I learned that story through coaching, right? And I learned to stop telling myself that story that just because a deal doesn't happen has nothing to do about my worthiness in this world, right? Mm-hmm. And the second you can stop telling yourself that story, I mean, you'll unlock yourself in sales because I think, I would love to hear your opinion, but I think that's the, pre- this is the biggest thing that gets in our way in sales, right? Is yeah,
0: this Yeah, attachment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I guess I am curious. So, so yes, I agree. And I, I feel like what I keep coming back to with regards to not sort of crossing that chasm of not telling uh, uh, ourselves that story, right? Like, um, even overcoming that, that moment of, of imposter syndrome that I referenced at the beginning of the show Um, I I do attribute it to, it's not enough to just know it exists. Mm -hmm. It's through practices, you know, work, it's through routine, you know, for me now I'm, I'm at a weird, I say it's weird because I just, I succeeded for so long, not doing this. So it feels weird to say this, but I'm at a place now where it's like, I know my chances of having a very productive, very effective day are like drastically better when I meditate for ten minutes in the morning, mm-hmm. when I journal three pages, I do morning pages every morning. When I go for my run, you know, yeah. each day. And and again, these it's sort of counterintuitive, right? Like, should I spend that time? <laughs> <laughs> you know? but, but but that's where I'm at now. I I, I can say that with conviction. Yeah. Um, it helps me to to answer that question differently. That question of. Um, or I guess to, to, to not change, to change that narrative of telling myself the same story or, or what have you. Yeah. Um, Cause now you have the evidence. That's right. That's right. In in the hard moments.
1: And I think, yeah, you know, that the strategy that I, that I took, you know, as an AE obviously was something I had conviction in and I started trying and it proved itself that it worked. So I kept going, you know what I mean? Like you have to try, you got to get into some kind of action, some kind of focused action so that you have evidence. Oh, I had a beautiful story today of one of my, one of my clients who was afraid to kind of give feedback to her, her boss, because that could be, that could be scary. Feedback is always kind of scary, right? It's a bit vulnerable. You don't know what are they going to say? la la la, Right. And so the first time, cause you know, she's in the session kind of venting and, you know, we're trying to pick it apart, but I'm like, you know, you, you have to give the feedback. Like you have to talk to him, right? Like you're, you can't just, I love that you're talking to me about it so we can talk about it, but you really have to talk to him.
0: Right? Action is the answer here.
1: Action is the answer. And so she's like, oh, okay. And so then, you know, the next week we talk about, it, she's like, oh my God, I was like, wanted to barf right before it, but like, I did it. And I'm like, and how did it go? She was like, very, he was very receptive. Like, well, you know, it went perfect. Went fine. Right. And so this week she shows up and she's like, yeah, you know. Um, I had, you know, I presented something to my manager and it, it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. And I felt kind of weird about it. And, you know, I slept on it, but I put a meeting on his calendar the next morning so I could give him feedback. Cause I was like, really just not feeling good about that whole meeting. And so I put time on his calendar and I talked to him this morning and I gave him feedback and I asked him like, were you like upset or did it not hit the mark? Like something was clearly off. And so I want to talk about it. And so, you know, he was like, no, I'm not upset, but I, it wasn't what I expected. Anyways, they got clarity, right? But I was like, this is like a massive moment. Like the fact that you didn't even flinch to put that time on his calendar and give him that feedback immediately, like two months, not even two months ago, that would have never even crossed your mind to do. And if it did, you would be terrified to do it. So you'd probably not have done it, you know? And now she has the evidence to say, wow, well, life gets easier when I speak up you know,
0: yeah. and
1: now that's, and as a leader, like managing up is so huge. And so, yeah, that, that practice and the evidence every day. But one thing I wanted to go back to about, you know, how you know that about yourself, which is obviously practice and evidence, but I think, so, you know, we've been talking about a lot of like time and working more and whatnot, because, you know, I'm not the first person to say this, obviously, but it's not about managing your time. It's about managing your energy. And that's what you're doing every morning. Right. You're, you're managing your energy so that you show up to the job, your work, whatever it is as your best and highest self, right. To the best of your ability. And that takes, you can only do that. You can't rely on anyone else to get you there, right. You have the control and the power and the choice to do that. And if you choose not to do that over and over and over again, well, you're sacrificing how you're going to show up, right. Mm -hmm you're going to show up with like, whatever happened. Like, it's just like, whatever shows up today is what's going to happen. Like, just I'll be triggered by this and this, What you know, it's, you're just so at the mercy of the outside world when you don't do your own management, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, well, well said, I you know, you, you just put that in my brain of like, it's this, it's this sort of, um, balance of quality versus quantity, and I think we just, we, as, as workers and sales folks, we just think of quantity, which is important. Don't get me wrong. Like there's a certain, a certain piece of that, but what is less obvious that I, I yeah. wish I knew 10 years ago that yeah. I'm crystal clear on now Yeah, is the power of the quality of like your presence, the quality mm-hmm. of, of sort of how you show up to eat. Each little interaction, little conversation, you know, emails, events, uh, par- particularly exponentially, right? When you're talking, you know, over the course of a year, or what have you, it really makes a difference.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: But, but even day to day, you're you're right. I I, you know, I, I think you could put it in a lot a lot of different ways. But you put it okay. as managing my energy. Yeah. And it's something that particularly like two years into really. I'd say in some ways, my wife would say it's a 180 in some ways <laughs> um, doing it. It's, it, it's, it's pretty mind blowing. It really does make a, a a ridiculous difference.
1: Well, and here, here's like a, a really seemingly innocuous example, but will hopefully resonate with this audience because, you know, what's like one of the number one qualities that we all want in a salesperson. One of them is curiosity, right? <laughs> to stay curious also in a leader by the way right the whole you know the coaching habit if you haven't read that book amazing book but it's about how you stay curious
0: and i haven't read it
1: (laughs) it's like two seconds long so but the whole i can you know what it's so funny it's uh it's right i have my cards right here from the coaching habit but anyways um so what he said like the whole premise is stay curious longer so that you can quell the advice monster Right. Cause like, you know, everyone thinks everyone jumps to advice, but how can you stay curious just a little bit longer? Right. And here's what, here's the thing that happens when you don't take an active, um, when you don't put um, attention on your energy, right. And you just like kind of whatever happens happens is that in a moment where you're supposed to stay curious, you don't have the patience to stay curious you give advice or you just answer the question or the blah blah. and oh in sales those little moments are everything right when when a when a client asks like hey like i'm curious you know like what about this thing and instead of saying oh you know that's that's a great question tell me more about that what's important about that to you right instead of saying that you go "Yeah, yeah yeah for sure we can do that yeah yeah for sure and you have no idea if that's their number one priority, don't, not important to them at all. Like, where does that fit in the whole scope of it? You know what I mean? But you're just like, yeah, 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 yeah no. Cause you're tired, you're this, you're, you know, your energy's off, whatever. You don't stop to be more curious. And that's just like one of the many examples that happens when you're not paying attention to your energy and actually the quality of it. And you're just work, 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 trying to get to the end goal. You miss the small moments, and in sales, I don't know if you agree, but it's all the small moments. Like when I look back at the big deals, I'm like, it was that one moment where I just I kept going and I didn't stop. You know, I just like thought it was not an important question or like whatever, right? I thought that they whatever it was, I didn't stop and I didn't ask the right question. I didn't ask the real question because I need to get to the next call or whatever it was. I was t- tired, Tired. Blah, blah, blah.
0: No, I mean it's you're spot on you it's i don't even know if i want to go down this rabbit hole but i i just it it makes me think of i i sort of have this rub sometimes with training and our sort of our obsession with the how you know Mm. we have this obsession of like what's the hack to being curious what's the hack to being a good listener right i want to know the framework for for how (laughs) to be kind you know and Those things are great and those things do help and they do spur it spur sort of the motivation to subscribe to whatever behaviors enact that change. And at the end of the day, it's I think it's more about what you said, or or at least it doesn't get a light shined on it enough, which is, you know, in the high stakes moment, Mm. have you taken care of yourself enough? Have you practiced being curious enough Mm. so that you are? that you are a good listener in that moment. You are curious in that moment because, you know, so, somebody's like very specific methodology on how to do those things. Sure. Is not going to stand up. No. Um, when push comes to shove, yeah. if you're tired, if you're anxious, if you're angry, if you're unmotivated or, or what have you. Right.
1: Yeah. It's, it's never a lack of knowledge of, of how to do the things. Right. Yeah. It's the lack of, the practice and the action on it,
0: but that's basic. what sells. The how is what sells.
1: Well, it's information sells, right? Everybody but what do we all complain know. about with training? Is that there's ne- and there's never follow through. Like, how do we integrate this training? You know, it, like we see an effect like the week after, but then everyone forgets it, right? Yeah. Always. Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, yeah. Ali, this is great. We're running low on time, so um, I know. Thank you so much. Um, I I guess just. Give you space to uh, invite some of these folks that maybe maybe they hear a little voice that's like yeah. I'm kicking butt over here, but yeah. I could maybe talk to to somebody about working on this other piece. How do yeah. they uh, how do they get in touch with Allie?
1: Yeah, so getting in touch with me, I I, I play and I hang out on LinkedIn. Uh predominantly that's kind of my only social network. So just Ali Razakos on LinkedIn. And then my website is AliRozakos.com. And I guess I'll leave you with this, right? With the people that are like, ah, maybe, maybe I'm picking up what this chick is putting down. <laughs> that um, you know, it's at the end of the day, like, you know, we I talked about being service and you know, that might free people out. Maybe they don't, you know, they don't identify with that. At the end of the day, it's it's really about impact, right? I think we all care about the impact that we have on the people in our lives, the community that we're in, our customers, the company that we, you know, we care about how we make people feel and, you know, what kind of impact we can have on people. And when you are solely focused on your achievement, you're totally losing like you're totally missing out on the whole thing, which is the impact, right? Because the impact of your achievement, yeah, sure. Maybe you're inspiring someone to also achieve, but you're kind of perpetuating. <laughs> and not just like, okay, I shouldn't I sound like a like no one should achieve anything. That's not what I'm saying. Obviously, we want to be, you know, successful and masterful in what we do. We want to make money because, you know, we want to live a beautiful life and whatnot. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying achievement for the sake of achievement to make yourself feel better and that validation is is never, is never the way. But so what I really do with my clients is, is about helping them get clear on the impact that they want to have because then they can really create meaning in their life, Mm. which I think we're all looking for.
0: That's right. That's right. Usually leads to a little bit more powerful fulfillment, a little bit more powerful, um, even personal success too.
1: Well, there you go, right? When you're making the impact that you want, well, guess what? People are going to recognize that people are going to be like, this person's amazing, like, you're going to be a better performer, like, you know what I mean? Like, your, your impact also can help you perform, obviously, right? Because you're harnessing it in a way that lights you up, makes you feel good, makes others feel good, right? Because, again, like I said, most people show up and they're like, yeah, I have Lots of money and I've achieved things, but I don't feel good, right? I don't think we're here to not feel good.
0: No, no. And if you're listening, there's, I know there's a lot of nuance and sort of ambiguity to this stuff, right? Like succeeding on your own terms versus succeeding um, while aligned with others and and in service. Um, I just invite you to go speak to somebody like Allie. Um, It does sometimes Mm -hmm. take a peer, a friend, a coach. Etc. to, uh, to get you there. But, um, we speak the truth. I think that's, uh, that's the real deal.
1: When you're ready to hear it, you'll hear it.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, Ali, thank you so much for taking time to hang out on our quota list today. Thank you. Um, this is amazing. I will, uh, we will talk again soon.
1: Thanks. Thank you so much, Bobby.
0: If you enjoyed today's show, please go and support it by subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes. You can also subscribe to the Quotaless Weekly Newsletter by going to quotaless.io. Remember, when you embrace practice, develop awareness, and align your efforts, you can rise above the deal. You can live quotaless.